From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, wherever you are around the world. Great to have you with us, Pastor Mike Douglas, here along with uh, our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and our uh, faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey with us as well, and uh, Big John Engel, the Energizer Bunny of Advancing Vibrant Communities, here as well. And uh, our guest tonight, will in- reintroduce you in just a few moments, of course, is uh, Dr. Jim Henman. The doctor is in tonight. Always a wonderful time. Never know where God's going to take hey. us. Uh, and that great... Right after that great open house the other night. <clears throat> yeah, well, that, and, and tonight we are uh, coming to you for the first time. From our uh, new uh, living room here, uh, our new offices uh, near 15th and F in downtown Modesto. And it's uh, just kind of a fun, yeah, I did remember where (laughs) I am. Where I'm going, I don't know where I am. I have some clue. (laughs) Or where you've been. Or where I've been, anyway. Also, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, uh, by the way, uh, Voice of the Martyrs will be returning in in just a few weeks with us. Uh, But let's get started by checking in with our friend Brad Dacus from the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The federal D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals will hear oral argument next Tuesday in the lawsuit to block prayer at presidential inaugurations. Atheist minister and lawyer Michael Newdow represents several atheist groups claiming harm to the point of physical illness from the utterance of such prayers. Pacific Justice Institute shares the defense of prayer with the U.S. Department of Justice in this case. We argue that the Constitution does not require that our public institutions be devoid of any religious reference or influence. As Newdow asked the court to eliminate the phrase, God save this honorable court, at the proceedings, PGI asks all of you to pray fervently that this lawsuit will fail. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. You know, I have a question. You know, his Newdow's claim that he became sick to his stomach out of the utterance you know, it seems to me over the years a lot of people have become sick to their stomachs about things that have been uttered in Washington, D.C. What's so unusual about that? I, you know, <laughs> well, it's interesting not an uncommon that, that, that four tummies outweigh the tummies of millions. Yes, that, that is true. The tail wags the dog. It, it does. What it would is, you prescribe uh, for them? Sanity. Yeah. Now, there's something. Yeah. Wisdom. Yeah. Truth. Sanity in Sacramento and Washington, D.C. Is that like Should an oxymoron? So <laughs> it sadly probably is, but, yeah. but it really is when the Ooh, tail wags the dog, 
wisdom is out the door. Yeah, amen to that. Amen. Anyway, that was my only question, and Mr. We got Nudow's, questions, we got answers. Welcome to send me a card about that if you wish. Our new address, and we'll have to give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take a. We'll quick give them the PO box. Yeah. How about that? Do you remember that? I'm Not at the you moment. Do because but, I don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's another story too. Let's take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, and then we're going to have. Uh, well, this is fun, too, but we're going to have some more fun. You know, the American Red Cross, uh, with their holiday gift wrap of wrapping up the holidays to support the local American Red Cross services, shoes for kids and blankets for the homeless programs, great deal. Uh, the holiday gift wrap is an opportunity for you to drop off your gifts at the Red Cross office. And just remember <laughs> that you did drop them off there. Go back and pick them up. You can have the volunteer wrappers come to your business, if you would rather, uh, to wrap your employee gifts on site for a small donation. And the volunteers are needed to wrap gifts at the agency or for employees at participating businesses during normal business hours throughout uh, this month. Uh, monetary donations and holiday gift wrapping supplies and children's shoes and blankets can be distributed and are appreciated. Now, the American Red Cross Shoes for Kids program supplies new shoes for low-income youth, preschool to sixth grade throughout Stanislaw County. Wonderful. This is a great thing. The American Red Cross is a humanitarian organization led by volunteers. And they provide relief to victims of disaster and help to prevent, prepare for, and respond to emergencies. Now, the Maddox Youth Center, party time, a holiday party where you can enjoy the holiday season with a celebration for the entire family this Friday, December 18th, from 5 to 8 p.m. The party is going to include entertainment, uh, children's activities, caroling, gifts, refreshments, a visit from Santa, and more. Uh, Kid-friendly volunteers only, please, ages 16 years and up, are asked to join in the fun and assist with setup, uh, refreshments, all kinds of children activities going on there at the Maddox Youth Center this coming Friday. Uh, cleanup activities, uh, volunteers needed for that between 3 and 9 p.m. Monetary donations uh, so they can purchase gifts and refreshments for the children are very much appreciated at this time. The Maddox Youth Center offers a variety of non fee sports and fitness activities uh, for youth of all ages, tutorial and learning opportunities in a variety of the special events for teens going on there. Uh, the Salvation Army holiday programs, the Christmas Kettle Campaign 2009 in full swing, of course. Uh, Christmas boxes, uh, volunteers ages 16 years and older uh, are needed to help distribute the boxes of non-perishable foods and toys to families. Uh, this coming Saturday, December 19th, if you're looking for something to do this weekend, uh, you want to get involved and help out, this might be a, a fun activity for you and the family to do. Between 7 and noon, uh, again, monetary donations would be helpful. Non-perishable food items and toys uh, for newborn to 12-year-old children are needed and also uh, greatly appreciated for that. Uh, the 19th annual Coats for Kids uh, distribution of gently used or new coats uh, for needy children will take place. Uh, this is after Christmas uh, on the 30th of December uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning. Volunteers uh, 16 years and up needed to help organize and hang the coats by size. Uh, and that's happening on the 28th and 29th. Flexible shifts for the volunteers from 9 to 5. Uh, you can also help the families with selection, sizing, 
distribution of the coats and uh, the actual event on Wednesday the 30th between 9 and 7. Donations of new or gently used coats in all sizes are needed, and you can drop those off at the Salvation Army facility or any participating dry cleaner or Heritage Ford. It uh, doesn't matter what kind of car you drive. If you are, have an allegiance to any certain uh, sort of car, that's okay. But Heritage Ford helping out in that one, and uh, that would be a, a great thing to uh, to get involved with as well. So all sorts of activities if you are looking to volunteer. And if you have any questions on any of those activities, call Barbara Borba. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113, or you can email her at bborba at uastan. Org. should be happy to hear from you. And this just in on our ABC website today, mom and children fleeing from domestic violence. You know we get a lot of that mm -hmm. stuff. And we work very closely with uh, CPS too. Um, and uh, this one uh, being uh, resourced out and connected to uh, the Haven Women's uh, Center. And we do a lot of that as well here at ABC. But they need a refrigerator. Of course, they need a lot more than it's that. It's a step outside. It's, a ste it's pretty yeah. cold well, out that's there. That's true, too. But, uh, you know, in addition to prayers and, uh, you know, once again, we connected them with some other resources. You know, this is this is so important, Elaine. You know, we talk a lot about networking mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, working with over 90 agencies in town. And, right. and this is, you know, one of, one of the most uh, incredible ones that we have the privilege of working with. You know, women who are, are in an environment where... Uh, abuse is taking place and domestic violence is taking place. You know, friends, this is a great time mm -hmm. uh, to reach out. And you, you think, oh, refrigerator, where, where are you going to get a refrigerator? Believe it or not, you know, oftentimes when that need goes out on the website or it goes out on our email blast, um, some believer out there, uh, God has provided them with a refrigerator you know, to give. And we've just seen this happen over and over again. So we encourage you to uh, really take a look at if you've got one, you've replaced one, or you've got one in the garage that uh, you don't use very much, this would be a great place for it, especially during this Christmas season. So let us know, and we'll get that refrigerator where it goes. You can give us a call at 544-9571. We'll make sure that it gets where it goes. We'll even pick it up. Okay, we'll do that, and we'll deliver it. We've got a, a team of guys that do just that, and, and they have a great time in serving in that way. And if you ever want to join that team of Furniture Friends, let us know, too. Again, our phone number is area code 209-544-9571. Well, I'll tell you what, we uh, are well, so excited. Before we get started on yes, that, yes. it's interesting to me the definitions when you were talking about the different volunteer, about the rappers. yeah. To my sons, <laughs> a whole different meaning. Oh, oh, rappers. rappers? <laughs> yeah. oh, so let's yes. clarify. Yes. <laughs> Rapping prayer sense. <laughs> that went through my mind. You go. Hopefully not gangster rap. No. <laughs> that, didn't, that didn't enter my mind with definitions, but I'm glad you talked about definitions, Jim, mm -hmm. because uh, that was uh, certainly on my mind to mm -hmm. uh, talk about definitions with you tonight. And, you know, they, they pay me not to rap presents. Did you know that? Well, I'm, uh, I'm it's in that a very scary, yeah. scary. Well, thing. actually, you have a good voice. You, you, you know, you talking about singing? No, oh. rapping presents. Yeah. <laughs> actually, you know, duct tape is wonderful. <laughs> I know, that's what yeah, it looks silver. I mean, you know, silver bells, Christmas. Uh, well, you know, but duct tape is a man's best friend, yep. you know, isn't it? It works for MacGyver. <laughs> 
Now we're dating ourselves, aren't we, my guy? Special holiday edition of Lighthouse Live. Well, we even for the Christmas season, we have red duct tape, right, Mr. Owl, that we used on the fire engine at the parade. Yeah. You know, were you trying to go somewhere? You know, that's okay because this is, you know, this is cool. We are celebrating being in our new home tonight, and that's all right. We can go anywhere we want to tonight because, hey. It's our show. That's right. <laughs> we want to thank everyone who showed up at the Celebration of Lights Parade because we were there. Speaking of the fire truck and the lights and the duct tape, which was everywhere. It was red duct tape. It was really cool. That was uh, a lot of fun. And Mr. Al was driving Mr. the Al engine was there, there. And you were all over the I was trying to not to get run over by the well, engine. Was, but, you uh, did a pretty good job of that. Four-two-year-old kid. It was an amazing thing. There, there's, you know, well, we shouldn't, we shouldn't say because it would identify the people. But anyway, two-year-old kid, not nobody's watching him, and he runs right in front of the engine. You know, and uh, amazing. I miss that. One. Oh well, yeah, but we didn't. We were astute. We were watching. You know, the crowd was great. It was just. just what a great crowd, and, yeah. and it's a nice temperature uh, that Saturday night. It wasn't too cold. Okay. For some of us. All right. Okay. Were you cold, Al? Oh, early in the day. You know, but the night was not bad. Three layers of thermals and gloves and scars. I was, I survived. (laughs) I guess it's all relative, but anyway. It was a Kermit, yes, did a good job. But the parade was fun. And you know what? We want to thank all those who came to Open House last week, including Jim and Julie and and everybody. And and it was just just a very, very... It was really, you could just feel the, the, the love and the, the commitment and the involvement, just, just as you were hearing different conversations during the open house. You know, the, the, there are seasons, mm-hmm. you know, I think even for places. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, this is a new season for us here. And, and uh, uh, Lee Oki, one of our wonderful uh, volunteers yes. and, and now on the board of, of directors, uh, says, you know, is, is often fond of saying, love grows here. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it has a feel to it. And it, it's kind of a homey uh, feel. And, and Absolutely. Uh, you know, you feel God's presence. And, and uh, so anyway, we're, we're just thrilled to be here. And the beauty of it, too, is it's right downtown and, and what, maybe two or three blocks away from Dr. Jim's office there. And yeah, I could actually make it on time. For yeah. <laughs> you know, it's a beautiful thing. And, and, you know, Dr. Jim Hinman has been with us for... Ever. And, and he I, keeps coming back. He keeps That's coming back. He's still, well, you know, and I say well, that Noah very lovingly. And I, uh, got off the same <laughs> arc. Well, you know, and Jim knows me well enough to know that that is, is a very loving. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and I say that because he's, he's like family here. He's That's not right. a guest. He is family. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, and now he's closer. And, um, and, and it's like, you know, it's only fitting that you would be the first guest. I'm so proud to be here. That's right. The kickoff of the yeah. new. It's just right. awesome. And out with the old and in with the new as we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and celebrate, you know, being in our new home. It's a, a season for everything, as this Pastor Mike says, and it's just a, a thrill to have you here, Jim. And uh, we just want to welcome And for people listening in to the broadcast tonight. We just want to... Um, to let you know that Dr. Jim is a psychologist, an author, and a coach, and a dear, dear friend. And uh, we talk about change because uh, change is important. 
And, you know, we spoke about definitions. And, and Jim, I hope that we can explore and unpack, as we like to say Mm -hmm. in this day and age, uh, some definitions and talk about why recovery is important tonight Mm -hmm. and uh, maybe explore some of those things and why it is important, even in, as Christians, Mm -hmm. why change is important. Yes. Actually, not even, but Particularly, Particularly, because recovery is simply messy sanctification. Mm-hmm. For a Christian to not be embracing sanctification is to totally miss what God offers his children. Any Christian that is not in a process of becoming, which is what recovery is, is a process of becoming in Christ as a Christian. As a non-Christian, It's becoming more in his nature without knowing his name. Mm -hmm. But sanctification is something we take very seriously. And yet so often Christians see those in recovery as those people that need something while we are busy in our Bible studies with sanctification. God doesn't make that kind of distinction. God loves people getting messy enough and real enough to be becoming in his nature. And that's what recovery is. That's what sanctification is. Well, there's almost a, a pharisaical approach mm-hmm. that we often take to that. You know, we, we're we okay, you know, but we'll put the recovery. Well, we're all in recovery. Well, you, know, you realize the arrogance nature. of that because there's only mm-hmm. one living, well, not, and yeah, he's still living, yeah. human being that ever was good enough. That's yes, right. right. Amen. Mm-hmm. And he would have been in a care group or a Celebrate Recovery group or a God's Way Out group uh, joining in the support of his brothers and sisters. Absolutely. Absolutely. He was out there in the streets with people who would be in those groups Mm -hmm. today. As Christians, Mm -hmm. guys, I think we we think about, okay, let's, let's concern ourselves with salvation. And that's important. And that's very important, very important. Mm -hmm. And we get, you know, our, our... people in inside the churches okay and we focus on sanctification mm-hmm. and we think about recovery because certainly certain recovery groups are now filtrating into our, our churches with they're us, becoming more accepted right, more accepted mm-hmm. Beca- mm-hmm. but aren't those things for people like alcoholics and people who are addicted to pornography and overeating we, we kind of uh, stereotype those mm-hmm. kind of things in our minds. I'm just thinking about mm-hmm. how we generally think about those things. But mm-hmm. don't we need to kind of have a paradigm shift in our thinking, Jim? You know, I, I was sharing with you this little epiphany I had on Saturday. And that is that as a Christian who enters recovery, oftentimes what happens is that they focus on the old nature issues, whether it be alcohol, addiction, depression, whatever it might be. And they do improve, but they often confuse the improvement in their old nature with who they are as a new creation. And there is a difference when old nature is driving the change process it tends to be underlying a desire to be good enough to earn God's free gift Mm. of grace, to somehow give him back what he has given us. 
And that's an exchange theory that works for humans, but not for God. God gives us what he gives us because of his nature, not because we're good enough, not because we're going to return it. And without that realization that it's our new nature that needs to be parenting the wounded parts of our old nature from whatever addictive or problem that may come up, that if we hate ourselves in our old nature, we're not being God's ambassador to those wounded parts. And you'll get, you'll get improvement, but you won't get transformation. You know, we've talked about for a long time uh, a, a altered, somewhat twisted view of, mm-hmm. of uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 mm-hmm. and, and following. Yes. That the old is gone, the new has come. You flip the light switch, everything's fine. And if there's messiness in your life, you must be doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, course, Paul got that wrong. God, yeah, yeah, Paul got <laughs> yeah, that wrong. Right. We've been trying to fix that for a couple thousand years here. Um, you know, man, if if your if your walk doesn't have some messiness attached to it, God's there's not some, in it. No, God's God not in, in it, it if it's no. not messy. Absolutely, to some extent. Thank you. And and I think sometimes we in in our Western mm-hmm. Christendom. Mm-hmm. Uh, think of the you know bright and shiny thing that, that tidy happens. whiteys. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love that? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, wow, that's you're right. God, God's not working if it doesn't get messy a little bit, huh? Because the mask that that hides the messiness blocks the spirit's permission to be transforming us. Because mm-hmm. God's a gentleman; He will not go where He's not invited. A mask is like a lock on the door. If I'm wearing a mask, it prevents God's... I mean, God could if he wanted to overpower, but that's not his nature. Right, yes. Right. He will invite, but he will not overpower. A mask steals the power of God's loving sanctification process that he plans for us. Mm. What in, and I say this broadly, we as Christians makes us feel that we have to be so performance-based that we expect perfection in ourselves and others? Oh, I love that question, as you know. Because there is, a, I know it's a rhetorical question almost, but I take it very literally, as I do with many rhetorical questions. It's the knowledge of good and evil that came with the fall. That's where the flashlight of judging and defending and condemning comes from, is the knowledge of good and evil. And with that knowledge that God never intended us to have, then we have to put a mask on because we are judging ourselves for falling short, which we are. We are falling short. But that's the process of sanctification, not shame. And that's the reason that we have the formula Christianity, why we have the performance Christianity, is from the knowledge of good and evil, which God never intended us to have in the first place. Mm, mm. He never wanted us to have it. He said, eat of any tree in the, in the garden except this one. Except this one. He wasn't even saying, don't eat from the tree of life. I didn't get that one until more recently. Because the tree of life would not have been a problem until shame came into mm-hmm. Adam and Eve's existence. So, so when when we um, and and you know you do you, you encounter people that are very judgmental, mm-hmm. 
and uh, you're trying and judgmental to, in God's name. Yeah, as in his God's representative. name, right? With that flashlight, and With that flashlight. Uh, yeah, and and it it makes us feel kind of yucky, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, to it makes us feel like, gosh, I'm not good enough yeah. to be a Christian, or I don't want to be a Christian because they're phony. I mean, one way or the other, that flashlight and that judging is giving a distorted view of God's plan. You know, the mask that you're talking about, Jim, we see that. Uh, by the way, yeah, as you were talking about this, in, you know, in land far, far away and in time far, far gone, um, I was at a place where we discussed having a recovery ministry, and one of my brother pastors said, well, well you know what kind of people will attract? <laughs> going, well, yeah. The kind of uh, that Jesus died uh, for. Kind of the kind of the flock to Jesus, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it, it, and I think one of the challenges is, especially for, for churches today, with the best of intentions, mm-hmm. let's get a recovery ministry in here and let, let's get it working because those people need, those people need, those need somewhere. People. And, and, but, but the problem is we don't often prepare ourselves mm-hmm. to understand what recovery means and to receive mm-hmm. people who mm-hmm. look like, think like, smell like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, talk different than we do. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no single group that's any more easily offended than many Christians. Mm. And yet Jesus, in the examples that he gave, when we got glimpses of him interacting, he was not easily offended. Yeah. Sinners were comfortable being around him, kicking it with him. Mm-hmm. They could be themselves with him. He was himself with them. He was very real and transparent. There was no mask. Mm. And yet the judging misses the mark. And isn't what's the definition of missing the mark, Mike? Sin. Say it again. Sin. Can I hear it? Three part harmony? Sin. Sin. <laughs> So the judging and the flashlight kind of condemning of judging is, can we say it again? Sin. Yeah. Let's, for, for those who may be just listening to us for the first time, we've got people all over the world mm-hmm. that are doing mm-hmm. that now, and it's such a privilege to have them join us. Let's Thank talk a little bit about flashlights and lanterns and because that i I think that's that that yeah let's hit this a lot of people understand definitions and that's one of the beautiful things i think Mm -hmm. you bought brought to the table uh, Mm -hmm. to us is what is meant by a flashlight what's meant by a lantern yes well god knows that my brain is is simple and deep and so word pictures seem to work well for me i'm dyslexic and add so you know if you gave me a formula i wouldn't handle it well but a word picture, yes. And he gives me word, I call them nuggets, mm-hmm. little bite-sized chunks of wisdom Treasures. about how he interacts with us, mm-hmm. you know, in our daily lives. The, the flashlight, I'll start with that. And this is also on the website under Black Ice, under Tools. Um, it, it, there's like a three or four paragraphs describing this again if somebody wants to follow up on it. A flashlight is a harsh, judgmental light that shows in one direction, like a regular flashlight, a halogen flashlight. Mm -hmm. It looks at what's missing. It looks at what's wrong. It looks what should be there but isn't. It's very judgmental. It's very intolerant, and it naturally generates defensiveness. If I shine it at John, John's going to get defensive. 
if Sean's, John shines a flashlight at me, my normal reaction would be to get defensive. If I shine it at myself, I will tend to get defensive. God does not use, I repeat, God does not use a flashlight in the covenant of grace. Under the covenant of law, the flashlight made perfect sense. Mm. It doesn't matter why Elaine stole the loaf of bread. The fact she stole it so that she could feed a hungry child that she knew didn't have any bread and she didn't have anything to give, so she stole it. Not, I'm not saying you would, but, I mean, but that <laughs> yeah, we've been motive. meaning to talk to you about <laughs> yeah. that. But, we'll talk about it on, no. on the air, no less. You know. <laughs> Sorry about that. So much for confidentiality, right? The, the people in Keokuk are getting really I've upset. I've been forgiven. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's so sad that the, the law doesn't care except whether or not you're guilty. It doesn't care mm. why. Mm. Therefore, the flashlight works okay under the law. But with the cross, with the covenant of grace, a relational covenant there is no room for a flashlight either toward others which would be the pharisees mm-hmm. or toward self which are the people that are 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 condemning themselves for falling short the fact is we all fall short that's the flashlight god never and i don't use that word often god mm-hmm. never uses a flashlight in the covenant of grace he does not want a flashlight to shine between husband and wife He doesn't want a flashlight to be shining between parents and children, between co-workers, between neighbors. There's no room in the covenant of grace for the judgmental flashlight. It is based on error. It only sees part of the picture. If I'm shining it at John, I can't see me. If I'm shining at me, I can't see John. It's always Mm error-ridden. God uses the lantern in this covenant of grace. The lantern shines 360 degrees, and in all directions, there is no double standard. What's true for, for, for John, what's true for Elaine, what's true for me, Julie, whoever it shines on, it's true. There's no first and second class. With God, we're all first class. Mm-hmm. Our picture, each of our pictures is on his refrigerator if you think of it that way. So the lantern shines with a light. As a Christian, it would be a solar-powered lantern, powered by the sun, powered by Jesus, Mm. by God. And that lantern looks at things half full instead of half empty. Mm. It's accurate. But if 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 this glass is half, right now, the measure is half of of the container, I can see it as half full, or I can see it as half empty. Mm. If I see it as half empty, I'm going to feel a little bit frustrated and resentful at what's missing. But if I look at it as half full, it means that I can savor and enjoy what is there, and it's more likely for more to come. If I see Elaine as becoming, if I see Elaine as an unfolding process, and valuing her where she is at the moment, I actually am letting God love her through me and actually helping be part of God's plan of her transformation. The lantern is loving, it's valuing, and it's shining in as well as out. Not only am I shining the lantern out to you, Mike, but at the same time I'm shining it in to me, 
not only to me, the new creation, but to the wounded parts of me stuck in my old nature. Those are not who I am. Mm. Remember identity Alzheimer's, mm, yes, you know, yes. which is epidemic mm. in our Christian community. Mm. Identity Alzheimer's, where a new creation believes they are their old nature mm. and react accordingly. And that's where the problem in recovery can come in is as you make progress in the old nature, it can cause you more and more to believe that's who you are. And instead of the economy of grace that God intends, the grateful humility that he intends, we, can, we tend to get caught up in performance mm. and formula like you were talking about earlier. So that lantern uh, illuminates. Illuminates. It, it, it illuminates, but it illuminates everything, in, everything. With, with a very soft mm-hmm. uh, light. Mm-hmm. And, and it illuminates in everything present. at the same time. In, in, in the, the present. present. If, you were, if you wanted yeah. to look way, way out... A flashlight could look out further. But where is God? In the past, the future, or the present? Or you could put it backwards and, and have that same uh, target looking backwards. That's right. And have the same... Uh, if only, which is, a, yeah. which is a horrible filter from the yes. bus book. And have the same distortions mm-hmm. uh, you know, going backwards. Yes. Yeah. Jim uh, talked about his website, and we want to give that to you right now before we get to our song. It's careforyou.com. And that stands for Changing Attitudes in Recovery. Fabulous website. We're it's going to C A I R F O R Y O U dot com. Very good. And we're going to be talking lots more about the website. There's wonderful resources on it for you. Free. It's just free. Free, free, free. Wonderful four letter word. And uh, it's life changing stuff. Life altering stuff for you. Again, that's careforyou.com, C-A-I-R-F-O-R-Y-O-U.com. And uh, we'll be back with more uh, with Dr. Jim Henman in just a little bit. You know, I was intrigued uh, by the name of this group that we're going to hear, Mike's Chair. (laughs) You like that? It's pretty good. They've actually done two CDs. This is from the self-titled Mike's Chair. And uh, here they are with... um, with what let the waters rise and hope this song ministers to you uh, as it did to us and we'll be back with more right after this don't know where to begin it's like my world's caving in and i try but i can't control my fear where do i go from here Sometimes it's so hard to pray when you feel so far away, but I am willing to go where you want me to. God, I trust you. There's a raging sea right in front of me.
It's Mike's chair. Let the waters rise here on Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Jim Hinman, our dear friend, psychologist, author, and coach, and, and just family. And we are so glad to have you here. That is a great song. Just let those waters rise, and as long as we're holding on to him, uh, that's uh that's no no better place to be. Jim, you know, we're talking about definitions a little bit tonight, and I, I'm just reminded uh, of how important perceptual filters are. Can you maybe address that just a little bit and talk about, uh, you know, cleaning off our perceptual mm-hmm. filters and how important that can be? Well, when you think of, think of the scripture, and Mike, I'm sure you probably know the address of the scripture, but we now see through a glass darkly. Mm. Which is letting us know that we do not see fully and accurately in this fallen world. Mm. We tend to think that our perceptions are our reality, that what I see is what is, and I assume that you see what I see. And it, it's, it's, it's hardly ever the case that two people will see exactly the same. It's the reason that marriages, it's the reason that, that working relationships often have difficulties is because they don't realize they're speaking two different languages. Add the love languages to that. Mm-hmm. If you loved me, you would um, affirm me. Well, you do, but I mean, but if that... Right. On the other hand, if your love language is acts of service and I'm affirming you verbally you will still feel like I'm not really valuing you Mm. because I'm not doing certain things as a sign of that valuing. So the filters, uh, uh, one we talked about a little bit earlier, uh, if only. It's uh, if only and what if are two filters that take the two sides of the same coin. They're both a black hole in space. They literally can suck you into a horribly torturous anxiety if it's what if. What if this goes wrong? What if that goes wrong? What if, uh, if, if this doesn't take place? If only is the looking backwards, like you were saying earlier. Mm-hmm. And if only I had done this differently. If only I hadn't left when I did, maybe the car accident wouldn't have happened. Right. If I hadn't said this, maybe that person wouldn't have died or whatever the situation is. If only and what if are powerful filters. You know, I think that that logically brings us to uh, to another thing, and, and I love your perspective on this. Um, so so many, and a lot, lot of believers, you mm-hmm. know, through the years, mm-hmm. as, as I've met with many folks, say, you know, I... Well, I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself for. I mean, for arrogance one hundred and one. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> now let's talk about this issue of forgiving us. Forgiving and I don't ourselves. mean that judgmentally. No, at all. I know you're using but the lantern. I'm, I'm actually, I, I am, in the same way that when Jesus said, "You brood of vipers," hmm. to the Pharisees, it was the most loving thing he could say, hmm. as a wake-up call before they face God. Okay, but it truly is arrogance when you really look deeply at that statement. I know you forgive me, God, and God is the supreme definer of reality. Mm-hmm. But I, which means I'm putting me above God, can't. Yeah. Now we don't think of it that way. I was just we going don't to say, feel yeah, it that yeah, way. Yeah. 
But in truth, that's the underlying presupposition, the underlying assumption that makes that statement make sense. So what is the ugly guy doing with that? If I had just not done this or, you know, if, if I had said something differently, if, if I, uh, you know, had just uh, taken this action instead of that action, what, what does he do with that to to, to, start to change it? Or? Yeah. I mean, what, what does he do in our heads with all that kind oh, of stuff? Oh, what, the evil one. Oh, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. <clears throat> he loves for us to distract ourselves from God. Mm. And when mm. we're busy in the past... In the shack, I love this when uh, Jesus and Mac are sitting on the on the on the dock, and Jesus, who already knows, of course, says, "So Mac, um, tell me, where do you spend your time?" And Mac says, "Well, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> it's called Mac Jim Hinman. <laughs> well, I spent a lot of time in the past, and I spent a lot of time in the future, not much time in the present." And Jesus said, "Oh, okay. And and when you are in the future." Do you see me in that future scene? Mm. No. Mm. No. Mm. That's the problem. Mm. When, we, when we do those what if and if only, they're, they're tied to the time machine, which is another filter, where we leave the present and go into that past or future experience. We literally are experiencing it as if it were happening again in the present moment. Jesus is... I've never yet met somebody with a time machine or a what if or if only, either of those filters, that Jesus was actually actively present in that experience. Mm -hmm. And yet he's there in the present, the one place that change is possible. So this issue of living in the present, Mm -hmm. made made difficult by the perceptual filters, made difficult Mm -hmm. by the flashlight signing forward Mm -hmm. or or backwards. So how, how do we deal with ourselves in terms of not living in the present but living in the future? Well, you know, actually that's a great question because mm-hmm. the natural instinct would be to say don't do it. In other words, mm-hmm. don't, um, don't use the flashlight. There's an idea. Yeah. <laughs> you know, don't leave the present. There's a concept. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. What a concept. But it's a paradox. God, to understand God's plan of sanctification at least, you have to appreciate paradox. The fact is if you want to make a change in your life, and let's say using these filters would be an example. It would be a, a great gift for anybody with depression or anxiety. They have those filters. Mm-hmm. They do have those filters if they have that uh, either depression or anxiety. And the paradox is to say as humbly as you're able to, this is where I'm starting. At this moment, I use the time machine a lot. I'm not at this moment, and I celebrate that. But you know what? This is where I'm starting. And that's the way you break the grace to start where you're starting, the grace to feel good about noticing where you're starting, is at the very heart of God's plan. Here, the, the, and this is... I feel like I'm monopolizing this. No, go ahead. I'm, I'm enjoying this. this Man, is very I just good. you know you no, triggered you go triggered something it, else that, that we just. Mike, that's why I love dancing with you. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome to watch. That's right. Is, I love uh, it. One of the great uh, thing nuggets that that you brought over the years is um, noticing your feelings about noticing what you're feeling, and right. you call them secondary. Yeah, secondary uh, feelings. Let's, let's talk mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. for for a little. Actually, bit. Actually, it's a really good one because that's what fuels the circles. 
we have a feeling like I'm feeling sad about something. Mm -hmm. If I have suffered from depression in my past and I'm starting to feel some sadness, I will tend to try to block that sadness for fear that it's depression. The irony is Jesus was sad. He was never depressed. Depression is when we try to block sadness. When we try to block any feeling, depression is apt to come as a result. So maybe I'm feeling sad and then I'm feeling angry about feeling sad. Then I'm feeling scared about feeling angry about feeling sad. And those second order feelings stack on top of each other. Mm -hmm. But we don't realize that we're actually snowballing down the hill. And instead, we just lump it all together with whatever the original feeling was. And it creates more error. Pretty soon you have a mountain. You have a mountain. Yeah. Can we back up just sure, a little sure. bit? Mike was talking about forgiveness and mm -hmm. all of that. Can I throw in expectations? Mm -hmm. um, when we have the issue of forgiveness mm -hmm. and say someone's not forgiving us mm -hmm. and they have expectations of us, mm -hmm. Can you address that a sure. little bit? Or we have expectations of ourselves, mm -hmm. or someone else has, you know, major... Forgiveness is one of the most misunderstood um, gifts that Jesus and that God want their kids to have. God wants us to have forgiveness because God knows that if I am forgiving you, mm -hmm. that's a gift to me, not you. And God wants his kids to have all the abundance that they can. But it's misunderstood as a demand, not as a gift. So we approach forgiveness as Christians out of alignment. You know, your, your back's out of alignment. <laughs> Everywhere you move, it hurts. Well, when forgiveness is being misperceived, the forgiveness process itself, which is God intends as a gift becomes one more burden, one more performance, one more formula that we try to be good enough to achieve. That's not his plan. Forgiveness simply means letting go of holding on. It doesn't necessarily mean reconciling. It doesn't mean forgetting. It means releasing holding on to that thing. And that does work. That does help transform. It frees all of us in that process. But let's say, Elaine, that, that you're not forgiving. I can't even imagine that. <laughs> I, but if you know Elaine, you, you couldn't imagine either, folks. But she is the sweetest and, and, and kindest oh, spirit. No, seriously, it's the truth. It's the truth. But let's say that I've done something and, and you're really not forgiving me for it. Okay. My lantern, seeing that, is going to be forgiving you for not forgiving me. Anywhere in the circle, the circle can begin to turn around. If you're not forgiving me, the natural reaction with the flashlight is to condemn you for not forgiving me, judge you for not forgiving me. You're not Christian enough. You should be forgiving me. What's the matter with, what's the matter for you? <laughs> you know? Anywhere in the circle, it can start. I can forgive you for not being able to forgive me. That's a start. 
And I'm doing that for selfish reasons, selfish in the 12-step definition, taking good, healthy care of self. God wants us to be selfish, not self-centered, and not selfish as we normally think of it, but taking good, healthy care of self is what God wants all his kids to be doing. I love that uh, first responders class that we just took not so long ago because when you go into a a burning building or a a disaster uh, situation and you rescue people, the first thing that they tell you to do, and they they just impress this upon our minds, is start where you stand. And that Mm -hmm. just just, Mm -hmm. stayed with me, and I thought Mm -hmm. of... Mm -hmm. Of our, our principles that that we that's right is is you know start where you where mm-hmm. you are start mm-hmm. where you stand mm-hmm. that's where you start in the present and in fact it may even be see I, I I'm not a good example of a Christian why do you say that <laughs> because I've been told that enough times <laughs> by Christians. <laughs> <laughs> no, not by you ever, 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 ever. But the fact is, in, when I first came to the Lord, I would pray to want, to want, to want, mm, to want, yes. to change certain things in my life. Mm. But I was committed to not get ahead of him. Because mm. I'd seen the carnage of Pharisees. I'd seen the carnage of broken people that got ahead of God and tried to do it on their own. And over the years, it's been 30-some years as a Christian now, many of those things have changed. And there's still things that I'm wanting to change, and even a few things that I'm wanting to want to change. But I will accept that that's where I'm starting. So let's say on forgiveness, if I can't forgive you for whatever reason, whatever it might be, then at least I can forgive myself for not being able to forgive you yet. That's a start. Doesn't that go along the same lines, Jim, with something the Apostle Paul said? Um, you know, sometimes we keep on doing mm-hmm. the things that we don't oh, want. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know, to mm-hmm. me that reminds me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of something Paul would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You remind me an awful, awful lot of Paul sometimes. You really do. I see myself more like was it Barnabas, yeah, the, the, the kid that that, uh, that 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 was part of uh, Paul's team. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul is, I think, the thorn that Paul had was perfectionism. Mm-hmm. And do you really? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I really do. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was a perfect uh, Pharisee. And then he became truly a perfect Christian. I mean, in, in, in surrendering, absolutely surrendering. Mm-hmm. But it was always absolute. He loved the Lord. He so loved the much. Lord absolutely. Yes. When he was a Pharisee, he loved the law absolutely. Sure. I'm becoming. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm not perfectionistic on anything. But you don't need the, the scripture. Be Jesus. When Jesus says, "Be perfect, even as I am perfect." That has been used to justify perfectionism. But let's look deeper into what those words actually say. How was Jesus being perfect? He certainly wasn't trying to be, or else he would have not healed people on the Sabbath. He wouldn't have done a number of things he did that got him hung up, literally on the cross. It was for violating things that the law said 
he shouldn't do. Jesus never tried to be a perfectionist, but he was in perfect relationship with the Father. So when he says, be perfect even as I'm perfect, what he's calling us to do is to start right where we are and let God love us and let us love God imperfectly right where we're starting. And as the momentum grows, as there's more room in him to 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 be working through us, then that's great. But we've got to start where we're starting. Mm-hmm. A couple of minutes ago, you are talking about expectations. I think, Elaine, you, you, you brought that up. And I don't remember who... Um, gave us this formula, but and and it, it, if you're a mathematician, mm-hmm. I know you're going to put your flashlight on it and send me cards and letters. Okay, <laughs> so just let let's look at this with a lantern. Okay, mm-hmm. but expectations. Uh, uh, what, in one of my certification things is the the guy who was teaching it. He says, you know, let, let's try this formula: expectations plus reality equals your emotional state. Mm-hmm. Expectations mm-hmm. plus mm-hmm. reality. Equals your emotional state. Mm-hmm. So, you know, those expectations become very important because mm-hmm. when it gets married up and, and integrated with mm-hmm. reality, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. you know, we're either uh, way up or we're way down or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. and it has a profound effect. Profound effect. Expectations of ourselves, not, not to mention our, our expectations right. of other people. And see, all of that has to do with our definition of who we believe ourselves to be at the core. Mm. If I am my successes, if I am my achievements, if I am the number of people that I have brought to the Lord, Mm. or whatever performance it might be, then anxiety makes perfect sense. If I'm my successes, then I'm also my failures. Now, we don't like to add that, but you can't have one without the other. If I'm my successes, I'm also my failures. The free uh, self-esteem CD on the website, free download, talks about that as I am not my mistakes, I'm not my successes. Who I am is becoming in Christ. That's who I am at the core. That's who I am. It doesn't mean that's who's driving, you know, at a given moment, any of you could say, well, I don't see Jesus. No, right now, um, he's in the back of the bus. <laughs> and my old nature's grabbed the wheel. <laughs> Our uh, hour is very quickly getting away from us, unfortunately. We do want to mention that all CDs are also available as free audio downloads from the store on the website. And that website, once again, is careforyou.com, Changing Attitudes in Recovery with Dr. Jim Henman. Jim, where does the hour go? We're going to have to do this again very, very soon. In fact, we're going to do a two-parter with you, and it's going to be uh, rebroadcast on uh, December 28th. And so thank you. Thank you, thank you for joining us. I don't know where time goes, but it just uh, gets away from us. Dear listeners, thank you wherever you may be listening in this hour to Lighthouse Live. May God continue to bless you as you reach out and love your neighbors as you love yourselves. Thank you for listening in.